This is the Full Frontal Living Podcast. I'm your host, master coach, and emotional resiliency expert, Lisa Carpenter. I'm here to be your guide through real, raw conversations, navigating life as a high achiever. This show covers what it takes to create physical and emotional well-being, along with how to honor and partner with your body. I'm here to guide you to a connected relationship with yourself, turning self-care into a way of being and not just another task on your to-do list. After all, the things we love, we take care of. This podcast gives you permission to love what you do, but love yourself more. Welcome to the Full Frontal Living Podcast. Well, happy Tuesday, everybody. And I'm late getting this week's episode of the podcast out because Monday was Labor Day in this area of the world. It was also, it's kind of like the official last day of summer. The kiddies went off to school today. And I got to tell you, it was really interesting only having one little guy to get out the door while my other two went off to their jobs, their J-O-Bs. So this is the first time my middle son, who just graduated last June, has headed off to his full-time job. So things in my house are radically changing again. We're, we're stepping into a new normal. But I've got to tell you, as much as I love summer and the freedom of summer, and there's just there's a lot less structure in the summer months. I really enjoy the structure and routine that comes in fall because as humans, we are hardwired for structure and routines and habits. And we typically thrive when we have those things in place. So I'm really looking forward to stepping into some new habits and some new ways of being as we head forward into the fall months. Because of course, if you've been following the podcast, I've got lots of exciting things that I'm working on behind the scenes for myself personally as I gear up to hit the stage again in 2020 um, as a fitness competitor or figure competitor. I don't even know what it's called anymore. Uh, but I just had a conversation with a lady who's going to help me with my posing so I can learn how to be a runway model at 47 years old. So, and that birthday is just around the corner. So I'll be sharing more of that in weeks to come and really letting you guys in on the behind the scenes journey of the the mindset shifts and how I've had to start looking at my stories differently once again. And that's really what we're going to be diving into in this episode of the Full Frontal Living podcast. We're going to be talking about money. We're going to be talking specifically around money. And I want you to look at this from the perspective of your health, your weight, your relationship with your body, and what is available to you if you change the person that you are being. So you probably already know that one of my mentors, Jim Fortin, is doing a three-part training series beginning tomorrow on September the, let's see, what's the date today? Today's the third. This is kicking off on the fourth, I believe, inside his Facebook group. And you can find that at lisacarpenter.ca forward slash be, do, have group. That's the easiest way to join Jim's group. He's already dropping amazing 
uh, wisdom and knowledge bombs. So get your booty over there so you can get in on this training. But he's going to be talking about switching around this model of have, have, do, be to be, do, have. And I really wanted to share my perspective of how this model has helped me so dramatically change my relationship with money. So back in the day, I was growing my business, uh, struggling under a lot of debt. So at a really early age, debt and credit kind of became my best friend. I moved out right after I graduated. And, you know, when you're, gosh, I was only 17 years old, you know, when I was handed a credit card, that was like free money. Excuse me. That was like free money. I had not had an education on credit or really what credit meant. I just thought it was amazing that here I had this, you know, piece of plastic that I could now access whatever I needed to access without having to wait for anything. So starting at that really young age, I started to misuse credit. I didn't look at debt. I didn't look at what that meant. And, you know, I can honestly say that through the years I racked up debt and then I would borrow money to pay it off and then I would rack it up again. And it's very similar to what you may experience around your relationship with your body and your weight or maybe exercise, right? It's on again, off again. You take off the weight and then you put it back on. And it's this, it's this cycle that you can't seem to get out of. And I'd never really looked at my debt any differently. I'd never really looked at money through a different perspective. I just thought, well, this is just kind of the way it is. Like I just need to, you know, go do the things to make more money and then I will have no more debt, right? So I'll do the things, have the money, and then I will be the person without the debt. And that just was so far from the truth. I just, you know, I kept growing my business, kept bringing in more clientele, started to make more money, but I never seemed to have any more money. I couldn't get ahead. And what I didn't realize is that I had all these stories and beliefs under the surface that had to do with my relationship with money. I'd never looked at money as something you have a relationship with. It was just, you know, it was just money. I hadn't given any thought. It just, it was what it was. And maybe this is how you look at food. Like food just is what it is. There's, you know, you might look at it as good or bad. Some foods are good or bad. I used to look at, you know, having money was good. Having debt was bad. But the truth is money and food are both neutral. They don't have any meaning unless we attach meaning to it. So we have to eat every day and we have to have money in our lives. Like that's the currency that we kind of do life with. But we sure do tie up a lot of emotion in those two things. So as I moved my business online and it kept growing and I kept looking like, why now my debt is growing even more here. I thought when I closed down my bricks and mortar studio that I would move online and I would suddenly no longer be paying out all those expenses and I would have more money. And guess what? There was no more money because I was still, I was bringing in money, but as quickly as I was making it, I was going out and spending it. 
I need to have this website. I need to have this type of membership. I need to have this widget and this gadget and this course. And I got into this place of constantly spending money. Again, thinking like, if I have all these things, this is going to help make me money. And then I'll pay off my debt and everything will be amazing. And the butterflies will be flying around me and the rainbows will be out like a, like a, in a Disney movie. And guess what? That didn't happen either, right? The debt kept getting racked up and racked up and racked up. And there was more, more, more. And pretty soon that debt was the thing I had attached it to my identity. So now I was a bad person because I had all this debt. I was a crappy business owner because I had all this debt. Um, You know, I had a lot of shame around money. I wouldn't open my bills. Uh, I would have emotional tantrums uh, when anything came up around my money. There was just a lot of stuff there. And one day I signed up for a course that shifted, was the first step in shifting my relationship with with money. And this was a, a course by Denise Stuffield Thomas, and you can still find her online. She's still running this course called Lucky Bitch. And it was the first mindset program that I had taken in regards to my relationship with money and what it looked like to take responsibility for my relationship with money and really look at how I was treating it. So it was simple things like, you know, do you leave money lying around? Do you treat it with any reverence or respect? And I had money tucked in pockets and purses and So we did an exercise where we had to go around our house and, you know, gather up all the gift cards we had lying around and money we had lying around to see, you know, how much we could find. It was like a treasure hunt. It was kind of fun. I found so much money. I was able to buy my first MacBook. All right. So that shows you just how little respect I had for my money, that it was literally scattered about everywhere. So here I was saying that I wanted to bring more money into my life, but when it came in, I wasn't being a good steward of my money. So this kind of opened the floodgates for this work for me. And my real aha moment was when I was teaching my EAT class and I realized that What I was teaching the women around nutrition and food and making food neutral and taking responsibility for your relationship with your body and food, I realized that these were the exact lessons that I needed to learn in regards to my money. Because although I didn't carry extra weight on my body, I sure was carrying a lot of financial weight, right? The stress of having a lot of debt is crushing And it's very similar to when you're walking around with all these stories about what you're making it mean about the extra weight you're carrying on your body. It can be crushing for women, right? Because we so desperately want to change these things, but they're not going to change overnight. So I started reading more. I read a book called Money, A Love Story by Kate Northrup. And I'll I'll put all these links in the um, notes section below. And that really opened my eyes to what was possible. And I really stepped into, okay, I need to really take a hard look at how I'm looking at money. But the what changed for me so much, so I'd been going through kind of changing the things I was doing around money, right? I'd started logging my money, which I know sounds really funny, right? But 
when you log your money, when you start logging what's coming in, which is where I had to start because it felt so overwhelming to log what was going out as well. And a budget felt just completely over my head. But when I started logging the money that was coming in, it helped me actually pay attention to it. I started looking at my bank account balances. I started opening up my bills, right? So I was still doing all these things to change my relationship with money, but I still believe that I had to try harder and work more if I wanted to create more money. And this is kind of, you know, there's there's lots of other layers here. I also, you know, during this time had paid off my debt again in a very magical way. And uh, Macy and I talked about that on the previous episode here, episode 36. We touched on it a little bit. But then I found myself repeating the pattern and getting back into debt again. And what was interesting was when I did finally pay off my debt, how sad I was because so much of my identity was wrapped up in my debt. And you might say, well, Lisa, why were you sad? Like you got what you wanted. Very similar. Like you lost the weight, right? You were super happy and euphoric. And why do you think that weight comes back on? Okay. So with my debt, My debt had been there for so long. It was like this companion of mine. It was the thing that drove me. That's, you know, like other than, of course, I'm here to impact women and and do the work that I do. And that debt drove me to get out of bed. Like think about what you're getting, right? Think about the benefit that you're getting from having that extra weight on your body right? It drives you. It's the thing that you're like, I got to do the diet. I got to do the thing to lose the weight. But living a life at your ideal weight and feeling amazing in your body, that kind of feels foreign, I bet. Because maybe you've lost weight, but you've put it back on so many times. Losing weight actually isn't the hard part. It's maintaining that lifestyle and being the person who can, can live in a fit, healthy, well body. Well, the same is true around money and debt. When that debt was gone, I didn't know how to be the person who lived debt-free. I didn't know how to be the person who paid for things without using her credit card or who felt responsible with money. So this is why this model of be, do, have is so transformative. And this is why my work with Jim has been so powerful for me because I had to really rewire my beliefs around money. I had to become the woman who valued money and who valued wealth. So here's the thing. If I'm looking at other people who have money and I'm poo-pooing on them or calling them you know, arrogant or spoiled or entitled, how can I possibly bring more wealth and abundance into my life? If you're looking at the woman who's got a great physique and is fit and healthy and takes amazing care of herself and is youthful and vibrant and you're judging her, you're pushing away the very thing that you want for yourself because you'll never give yourself something that you're judging somebody else on. So I want you to think about that for a minute. I had to also neutralize my relationship with money. I had to stop making it good or bad or evil. Just like you need to stop making food good or bad. There is no good or bad food. 
it only has meaning because of the meaning we give it. So are there healthier foods for you? Absolutely. But do we really need to make foods bad? Ultimately, the food isn't bad. You just have to make a choice. I had to make different choices around my spending. I stopped shooting on myself. I should buy this. I shouldn't buy this. I should have a budget. I shouldn't have a budget. And I just started making conscious choices. This is why it was so important that I started to log my money going in and out. And that might be something you want to look at with your relationship with food. You know, we've we've made it so you know, nobody wants to track their food. Like we've made it like this big, huge burden. But what if tracking your food had nothing to do with you losing weight and it had to do with you just taking responsibility for what you're putting in your mouth every day without judgment, without guilt, without shame, just write it down. If I spent something, I would log it. I wouldn't make it bad or wrong. I would just log it because it became data that I was able to use so I could see if I was making progress in the direction that I wanted. Right? I also had to become the woman who was responsible with her money, who trusted herself with money. Um, I had to become a good steward of my money. These were all ways of being that I had to step into. And they weren't ways of being when I was drowning in debt, right? I was just going to pay the debt, make more money. I was going to do the things that would get me results. So as I've transformed the person I am and how I am being in relationship with my money, my money relationship has changed. More of it comes in. More of it hangs out with me. I trust myself with money, which guess what? If you trust yourself with money, more money comes in. If you trust yourself with food, you stop having to diet and you learn how to just make choices that support how you want to feel. And sometimes those choices aren't going to be healthy and you're not going to die. Just like sometimes I'm going to choose to spend money on something that might be frivolous because I just want to buy it, but I'm making a conscious choice. I learned how to treat my money well. So I dug deeper and I stopped just trying to do my way to greater financial success. Stop trying to work more and push harder because it didn't matter how much I did. More would come in, but because I had all those underlying stories, I pushed it away. So to become this woman, I had to look at my stories because the doing, right? Your doing is only as good as the stories you're telling yourself underneath. And this is why so many women will lose weight, but they won't keep it off because they haven't actually dug deep and unpacked the stories that they have about food and their bodies. And I can tell you after spending 30 days inside my weight loss from within group with these women, they are not the same women on the other side. They were blown away by the stories that they had been carrying around about themselves, about their body, about food, about their self-worth. And ultimately that's what it comes down to is we will not let ourselves have what we don't believe we deserve. So you have to become the woman who deserves to have a fit, healthy, well body. I had to become the woman who deserved and felt worthy of a thriving business and a thriving, financially successful business. I had to, I had to step into that version of me. 
And this was part of what my alter ego was created for. And you can go back and listen to the alter ego story. I believe it's episode 35 and you can create, or maybe episode 34 is your alter ego. And you can go back and create your alter ego. So some of the stories that I had to look at, um, I had tied a lot of beliefs around money and love. So, you know, growing up, my family was pretty, you know, we did pretty well. My dad was an entrepreneur. Uh, my mom was a nurse. Maybe they're listening. Maybe they're not. And they did the best they could, as we all do as parents. And I innocently picked up my own interpretation of how I thought things were. Okay? So an interpretation does not make it true. It was my interpretation as a young girl. So I'm going to give you an example of how I tied love and money together and how this impacted me and why I kept repelling money. When I was young, we had the Cabbage Patch Kids. Do you guys remember the Cabbage Patch Kids? Some of you must remember Cabbage Patch Kids. Anyways, it was a real craze around Christmas and everybody was, you know, on the news, people were fighting over these dolls and I wanted a Cabbage Patch Kid so badly. And Christmas rolled around and my mom made me a Cabbage Patch doll. And I still have it. It's, be it's beautiful. Like she did such a fantastic job. And seeing as an adult, I'm like, wow, this is amazing. My mom did this to me, did this for me. But as a child, I was like, but this isn't a real Cabbage Patch Kid. Why didn't I get a real Cabbage Patch Kid? I told myself the story that my parents didn't love me enough to buy me a real Cabbage Patch Kid. Now, how sad is that? right? That's not the truth. That is not the truth at all. For all I know, I've never actually talked to my mom about this. Maybe she's listening. Um, for all I know, she couldn't find one because they were sold out of the stores. For all I know, it was a lean Christmas and they couldn't afford one. But just because they couldn't afford one didn't mean that they didn't love me enough to get me a Cabbage Patch Kid. In fact, she loved me so much she made me a Cabbage Patch Kid. How, how incredible, how amazing. But that story that I told myself, and I didn't sit down you know, at 10 or 8 or whatever and say, oh, my mom must not love me. Again, these, these interpretations, we just make up and then they get hammered into our subconscious and they become our truth. So I started to look for evidence that if my parents didn't give me money or spend money on me, then they must not love me. I have the same story with Keds. I don't know if you guys remember Keds, those running shoes. My mom wouldn't buy me Keds, probably because what kid who's whatever age needed these like super expensive shoes? Keds back in the day were expensive. But again, on a subconscious level, I picked up that I wasn't loved enough to have Keds. Now, I want to be clear here. My parents love me deeply. These were all my stories, and I'm sure that you are listening to me, and you might be thinking like, wow, um, I got some of these stories too. I totally relate. So if you were to think about your relationship with your body, your health, your weight, what interpretations did you make about things that were done or said to you when you were young that have created your reality now, but they were the interpretations of a child? 
And now you are a grown-ass adult. It's time to look at those stories, unpack them, and step into ones that are going to support you having everything that you want. Because until you become that person who allows herself to have those things, you're never going to have them. Doesn't matter how much you do. Doesn't matter how many diets you go on, how many budgets you use, you're not going to get there. Sorry, not sorry. This work, life transformation, comes from the inside out. So how did that play out in my adult relationships? Well, guess what? I didn't allow myself to have money because if I had my own money, how would I feel loved in my relationship? I wanted to be with men who could take care of me financially. On a subconscious level, it made me feel loved and safe. Was that true? Absolutely not. I think Macy loves me with money or without money, but he's all about, hey, go out, build your business, create profitability. Let's build our dream life together. He's still going to love me even when I'm making millions. All right. But I had to let that story go. I also had to look at the stories that we carry as women about money. You know, men are way more responsible for money than women are. Story. Um, you know, men control the finances, story. Women, we learn at a young age not to trust ourselves with money, story. We are just as capable of managing our money as are men. But we have generational stuff around money that we need to unpack and let go of. The same is true with weight. Look at the stories passed down from generation to generation from women to women about how our bodies should look, um, what we should eat. Maybe you watched your mom get on the scale every day. Maybe you constantly were hearing your mom complain about her weight and how she needed to get on a diet. Maybe every time there was an event, your mom was frantically, you know, trying to lose weight. What did you learn about? I had one client whose mom and her, they were eating buddies. So her mom would always be taking her out when she was breaking her diet so that they could eat together. So she learned that food was love. Food was love. And so many of you believe that food is love. If your kids don't eat your cooking, they must not love you. Um, if you, you know, if, if you can't, if you're feeling, if, how, how do I want to phrase this? If you're having a bad day, something bad happened, we feed ourselves to make ourselves feel better, right? Because food is love. We learn at a young age. We do something really good, we get rewarded. Popsicles, pizza, you name it. Like, take a look at your life and look how often we are rewarding ourselves with food. And that just sinks in that belief that food is love. So if you're not getting to eat all the donuts, all the candy, all the things, then you're not being loving towards yourself. This is what's happening on a subconscious level. So you have to become the woman who knows how to love herself without using food, right? Food is not a substitute for self-love. Self-love, self-worth, these are all things that we are responsible for cultivating. You have to become the woman who deeply and unconditionally loves, accepts, values herself, who has high a high sense of self-worth. So this is where I'm at right now. And I want you to look at your outer world because your outer world 
is a direct reflection of how you think and feel about yourself and the stories you're telling yourself on the inside. So I wanted to change who I was being with money. So I changed who I'm being with money. And now I'm stepping into the next level of who I need to become. Because even though I've become a great steward of my money now, money comes in and hangs out with me. Money's not love anymore. It's a tool. It's not uh, emotionally charged for me anymore. I'm very neutral about it. Money allows me to do good in the world, right? Listen to that again. Money allows me to do good in the world. The healthier you become, the better care you take of yourself allows you to do good in the world means you're going to be on this planet longer to hug your kids, your grandkids, to do the work you're here to do, to make the impact that you want to make, because you can only do as much as the person you're being. Because if you're burnt out, you're not going to be able to help anybody. Okay. So this is what we have to look at. Who are you? Who are you being? So now I'm stepping into, okay, well, how do I take managing my money to the next level now? How do, how do I step into being that woman who really feels confident about managing her money? Now, who do I have to become? I have to become super confident with my money. I need to be savvy. I need to get even more educated about my money. I need to be committed. I need to be devoted. I need to be disciplined about how I manage my money right? There's always going to be more than enough. And I want you to hear that when it comes to food as well. There's always going to be more than enough. But who do you need to be to make choices that are going to support the life that you want, all the things that you want to have? Who do you need to be in order to create that vision? And then we have to start operating as that person. So I'm not going to wait until all this stuff happens before I start behaving like this next version of myself. I've got this vision now of what I want for my business, what I want for my money, how I want to use my abundance for good. I have to be that woman now. So I, I have to 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 operate from that place and take action from already being her, even though I'm not feeling super confident all the time, even though I've never done these things that I'm going to start doing, I've never done them before. I don't know how it's going to be. I don't know if I'm going to screw it up or not, but I know that I have to be the woman that is willing to do these things. And by changing who I'm being, That doing will stick. But if you just go out and do the doing without changing who you're being, without looking at those beliefs and stripping them down and releasing them, nothing will change permanently. You will find yourself back in the same circumstances, wondering, like, when are things going to change? And I remember that. I remember how hard it was with my money. I remember all the tears. I remember the stress. I remember the anxiety. But when you really dive into this work, everything will change. Now I'm the woman who feels deserving 
of all my success. You are also deserving of everything that you want. But you have to believe that, right? So I'm going to end this by saying, if you're constantly caught in this cycle of doing, you're feeling like you're not any further ahead than you were before, you're done with being stuck, frustrated, living by your circumstances, then I really want to encourage you to get into Jim's Be Do Have group and be on these trainings because you're going to discover why you keep constantly falling short of what you want in life, why you keep falling back into your old ruts and self-sabotage, why you never have enough money. You'll discover why you can't lose weight and keep it off. You'll discover why you're not sticking to your habits. We're going to reprogram your subconscious mind because the only way to get off this merry-go-round is to understand that the answers are in you. We must shift your subconscious identity and your subconscious uh, self-image that you learned when you were a child, right? These stories that you made up and you programmed in and you locked down when you were a child. I want to help lead you back to your self-worth and help you understand that you can have anything you want. It doesn't matter how many times you've tried before and failed. I failed a lot. Paid off the debt, racked it up. Paid off the debt, racked it up. But I was determined to learn how, like what needed to happen for me to create the wealth and abundance and the success that I wanted. And like I said, it was when I stopped doing the doing and I really looked at the inside. Like, who am I? What is my relationship with myself like? What is my relationship with money like? That's when you can leave your old sabotaging patterns behind and you can start to have anything, anything you want in life. But you can't just do things to create a better life. Okay. So I want you to, before you do anything else, as soon as you hit stop on this podcast, I want you to head over to lisacarpenter.ca forward slash be, do, have group and get in on the Facebook group and the training. And if you are looking to get into um, on the live training and you are not on Facebook, you can do that as well. It's easy enough to just sign up for the training, and that is over at lisacarpenter.ca forward slash be, do, have. Let me just pull up this. Yeah, be, do, have. So there's the be, do, have group that will take you into Facebook, or you can simply just sign up straight for Jim's training starting tomorrow on September 4th. 4th. My goodness, September 4th and that's at lisacarpenter.ca be do have. If you have any questions about any of this, do not hesitate to reach out and connect with me and I'm happy to answer your questions. And I will see you hopefully inside Jim's Facebook group and I will be cheering on your transformations and I can't wait to see what happens. So until next week, be kind to yourself. I look forward to bringing on some more of my amazing clients and sharing with you the transformations that they've had as they've changed their identity and have let go of these stories. 
anything's possible for us. So until next time, be good to yourself. Remember, you have to matter most in your life. Put that oxygen mask on yourself first and take good care of you. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Full Frontal Living Podcast. If you found this episode helpful, it would be so deeply appreciated if you would share it with your friends, your colleagues on social media to help spread this message and have more women just like you tune in and realize that there is another way to create success and have amazing physical and emotional well-being. Also, if you haven't done so already, please head over to iTunes and leave a review and hopefully a really great review. I love reading them. I'm so appreciative of them and they really help more women. And you know, I've got some male listeners as well find the podcast. So I would greatly appreciate it if you would hop over to iTunes before you do anything else and leave that review. And I will see you on our next episode.